Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture this morning is from the book of Esther, chapter 2, verses 8 to 16. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Shushan, the citadel, under the custody of Haggai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace into the care of Haggai, the custodian of the women. Now the young woman pleased him, and she obtained his favor. So he readily gave beauty preparations to her besides her allowance. Then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maidenservants to the best place in the house of the women. Esther had not revealed her people or family, for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. And every day Mordecai paced in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. Each young woman's turn came to go into the king after she had completed twelve months' preparation, according to the regulations for the women. For thus were the days of their preparation apportioned, six months with oil of myrrh, and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. Thus prepared, each young woman went to the king, and she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the woman's quarters to the king's palace. In the evening she went, and in the morning she returned to the second house of the women, to the custody of Shazaz, the king's eunuch, who kept the concubines. She would not go into the king again unless the king delighted in her and called for her by name. Now when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, his uncle, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter, to go into the king, she requested nothing but what Haggai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. <coughs> so Esther was taken to King Azuerus into his royal palace in the tenth month, which is the month of Tebet in the seventh year of his reign. We begin our look and our study of the book of Esther this morning. And the story of Esther is really about how the world tried to destroy the Jewish race. But God prevailed. God preserved his people. He kept his covenant with Abraham. One of the interesting things about the book of Esther is the fact that God's name is never really mentioned in the entire book. But you can see his hand at work. Not just for his, his chosen nation, the Jewish people, the Israelites, but you can see his hand at work through Esther and Mordecai. And we kind of started in chapter 2 here this morning because chapter 1 just gives us a brief background about what's happening. The king of Persia, his name was King Ajuerus, also also known as King Xerxes, he's giving a party, the banquet, for all the important people in his kingdom. He's got princes there, he's got high servants, attendants, he's got the army officers, some nobles, and so on. All these important people, he's throwing a big party for, a big banquet. 
And after several days of this party, and no doubt there was a significant amount of drinking at this party, the king tells his servants to go get his wife. Go get the queen. Dress her up, fix her up nicely, and bring her in here to the party. So the king can show off his beautiful wife, the queen, to all these guests. Well, the queen refused that. She didn't want to go and get all dressed up and and have all these guys looking at her. So she refuses the request. She says, no, I'm not going. So the king's advisors, his closest men, tell him to make an edict and declare that the queen is no longer allowed in the king's presence because she disobeyed him. Now, these guys really weren't concerned about the so-called disrespect that the queen showed the king. That's not what they were really concerned about. They were really more concerned about their own household. Because word would get out, you know, that the, oh, the queen disobeyed the king and nothing happened. Well, I don't have to listen to my husband then either. So these, these men didn't want their, their wives treating them like this. And remember, we have to, to remember at this point in time, women were really treated like possessions. They were not treated as a spouse or a wife would be treated today. They were treated as possessions. So the king listens to his advisors, makes the edict, makes the rule, makes the law, and says the queen is no longer around him. Sends his messengers out to tell everyone about this edict and also tells everyone that men are to be the master of their house. Women are to obey the men. So a little bit of time passes and we get into chapter 2. And we find that the king is a little bit lonely without his wife. So he asks his advisors what he should do. His brilliant advisors come up with his great plan. They say, why don't we just gather up all the beautiful young women in the the country, give them beauty treatments for a year, pamper them, bring them into you one by one, try them all out, and whichever one you like, you make her the new queen. Of course, the king likes this idea. So he orders it to be done. And this is where Esther comes into play. During the the roundup, during the capture of all these women, Esther was taken. And Esther is described as a beautiful young woman. She has a perfect face and a perfect figure. And this is before she has the year-long beauty treatment. We don't know much about Esther, but we do know that her parents were killed during a raid of the kingdom some years ago. So she lived with her older cousin, Mordecai, who took care of her and treated her like his own, like his daughter. And Mordecai, he was well aware of the hatred for the Jews. So he told Esther not to make it known that 
she was a Jew from the Jewish race. Now, he didn't say, you know, lie. He didn't say that at all. He was just basically saying, yeah, don't advertise it. You know, don't go around acting like a Jew to make it known that you are Jewish. And we know that Esther was very beautiful. She was physically, she was pretty. But she was also a charming young lady as well, with a wonderful personality. She trusted others with her life. But most importantly, she trusted God. And when you think about it, she was left basically an orphan. Her, her parents were, were killed. And she had to trust someone to take care of her. And it was her older cousin. And now she's been captured herself. And she has to also trust God and trust the people around her. So while she's undergoing these beauty treatments, Esther finds favor with the chief surgeon, uh, servant, Haggai. He was overseeing this project of the kings. And what she did to find favor with him is not known. But more than likely, she was just a nice person. Just had a nice personality, friendly, outgoing, willing to go along with the flow, and so on. And Haggai saw this. So Haggai treats her nicer than the others. He provides a better beauty treatment for her and gives her personal advice to help Esther. And whenever Esther's turn came to go in and meet the king, the king also found favor with her. And eventually, as we'll see, married her and made her the queen. What an interesting story and, and, and what a love story, so to speak, or something like that. But we're not really seeing, okay, we get through chapter 1 and through most of chapter 2 here, we're not really seeing any type of religious stuff here. So what does it what does it mean? And what especially today, what does it mean for us? Well, as I said, throughout Esther's life, she had to rely on other people. She lost her parents. She had to rely on someone else to provide for her. And she saw God's hand at work through her cousin Mordecai. And when she was taken in, she listened to him. She respected him. She trusted him. She obeyed him with her life. And when she was captured, she was nice to those people that captured her, so to speak. And she found favor with the head servant. And when she went into the king, she found favor with the king. She was nice to him and she pleased him. See, God prepares us for our future through our current experiences. We don't always know why things are happening to us the way they are. But we simply need to trust in God's plan and be prepared 
to do whatever it is that he wants us or needs us to do. And that's what Esther was. She was prepared. I'm sure she was not happy when she lost her parents in the, in the raid when they were killed. That wouldn't make any of us happy. But it doesn't say she became bitter and she sought revenge against her enemies. No, she didn't do that. She accepted this is what happened. And she moved on. She accepted that Mordecai provided for her and she was grateful for that. And when she was captured herself to take, to be pampered, to be a, possibly a one night stand for the king or to be married for the king, she accepted it. She was prepared for whatever she had to do. She had a clean conscience. She knew that she was doing what God wanted her to do, but she was also following the rules of the government at the time as well. So she had a clean conscience, a clear conscience. And God uses, especially uses, our consciences to work in our lives. He uses that little voice in your head to, to convict you of your sin tells us, oh, we shouldn't be doing this, or no, we can't do that, or hey, this is not a good situation to be in, I better get out of here. And it enables us to rely on Him and His strength and His guidance. We don't know what's going to happen in the future for us. We don't know what our future holds. We want to hope and think that it's going to be something wonderful, or at Worst, it's not going to be too painful. But we simply need to take it as it comes. We don't know what's going to be out there. But we simply need to take it and deal with the situation. And trust that God has a plan for us. He's in control. He knows what He's doing. And sometimes I think we forget that. We forget that there is a plan. And sometimes bad things happen to us because of something bad we did. Other times bad things happen to us when we don't think that we necessarily deserve it. But those bad things can prove our faith. Those troubles help us out when we see through them. I know looking back at my own life, and of course I realize that the world does not revolve around me, but looking back just a few years ago, whenever my wife and I were attending a church, uh, that church eventually closed. And after we kind of rearranged our, our schedules a little bit, we started attending the, the Strongstown Church. And that's where I had attended as a, as a child, of course, before my father entered the ministry. And then once in Strongstown, they ran into a little bit of trouble as well. But I started to attend some lay speaking courses so I could be official and, and help out as needed. And I did that. But before long then, my dad's cancer returned. And I was filling in for him at his churches periodically when he was sick. And then the next thing I know, I was attending 
and preaching regularly here in Uniontown. But I look back, and this all really started because a church closed, and we went to another church. Had that original church not closed, I may not have done this. Or God may have found another way to get me involved. And don't get me wrong, obviously that church closing was a sad thing. But it worked out for God's plan for me. And from what I understand, the other people that were in that church that closed, they moved on and attended other churches and are active in those churches as well. But that's the point of our scripture this morning, is to be prepared. God has a plan for you. When we read his word and we look at examples of faith, like Esther, or Moses, or Abraham, or Mary, or any of the the wonderful examples of faith, we know that whatever happens, we don't need to give up. God is there with us. And we can ask God to open our eyes to see His plan for our lives. And not to get discouraged when things aren't going according to your plan. But look at God's plan. Ask for the wisdom and the knowledge and the trust and the obedience to accept the things that have been placed into your life. No doubt that's what Esther did. Things weren't always good for her, but it all worked out. And as we'll see over the next several weeks as we continue to look at Esther, we'll see God had a plan for His people, for the Jewish race, the Jewish nation. God had a plan for Esther. God had a plan for Mordecai. And He has a plan for each and every one of us as well. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You play a big part in each and every one of our lives. We know that You have a plan for us. And help us to be available and to be prepared for You to use to accomplish that plan. Help us to prepare for Your plan by studying Your Word and listening for your call in our lives. We do not know what is in store for us, but we know that we can trust you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray and place our trust. Amen.